Local Radio for Portsmouth. And here we are just after seven o'clock. Welcome to here. As always, local news and views the next couple of hours. This is Express This Week. And here we are. This is Chris Pierce. Thanks for company. Uh on this usual evening, we do it between 7 and 9 o'clock on a Thursday and Sunday night, of course, to look back to what's been going on uh, locally throughout the area from Portsmouth and South East Hampshire for the last seven days. What a, what an action-packed programme for you tonight. Slight amendment <laughs> to what is billed. Ah, oh dear. We were hoping to have Caroline Dynage, the Gospel MP, with us at 10 past 7 for a chat about NHS reforms, but uh, unfortunately she can't be with us tonight. And that's at lastminute.com. So I'll try and catch up with her uh, in future weeks here on the programme. But uh, suddenly later at 7.25, we'll catch up with Councillor Jan Warwick. Now, Jan is leading the review of climate change and the progress of that in Hampshire. She's from Hampshire County Council. So we'll find out from uh, more about that with Councillor John Warwick. Sorry, Jan Warwick, not John. Sorry, Jan. <laughs> Councillor Jan Warwick here later, 7.25. We'll chat to her about climate change in Hampshire and that uh, progress of that Hampshire review. That's later. And later at 7.45. You might have heard this. Um, we've certainly discussed it on this programme before. Reassertions of libraries and uh, community libraries. Uh, this is one of the ideas, uh, certainly in Gosport, for Leon the Sones and Elson Library. And if you're that part of the world, you know what I'm talking about, of course. Alison Library there at the bottom of Chantry Road, if you're in that neck of the woods. And we're talking to Chairman of Gosport, uh, Gosport's Alison Library, the group there who has, I guess, saved it. Yes, probably the right word to use. Uh, Jan Almond is our guest at 7.45 to talk about that. Another Jan, look at that. Who would have thought? So we'll catch up on how they've done that, how they've saved Alison Library in Gosport's. Uh, Jan here later for a chat about that at 7.45 tonight. Later at 10 past 8, we're in conversation with Jem Orman. Now, Jem is from uh, Five Rivers. And we're discussing same-sex fostering here in the Portsmouth area. So I'll find out more about that. Jem's with us later at 10 past 8 for chat. Later at 8.25. We mentioned this last week on the show. Didn't even realise the census was coming up. So I've been doing a bit of digging. And we've got Chris Day from the Office of National Statistics. Uh, talking about this year's census. He's a census engagement officer. So we've got to the very top there. And Chris later with us to tell us more about that. And how slightly different this year. At 8.25 we'll catch up with him. And later 8.45 to round things off tonight. Samantha Agnew, our Sam Agnew. Who's head of community service for Brendan Care in Hampshire. She'll be telling us more about Brendan Care. What they do, who they help. And how they look after people too. All that will squeeze in before nine o'clock tonight. And uh, we're talking about the uh, the climate change progress uh, as far as Hampshire County Council is concerned as the Cabinet reviews that uh, to discuss this further. Uh, from Hampshire County Council is Councillor Jan... Uh, no, it's uh, Councillor Jan Warwick uh, here on the show tonight. Jan, good evening to you. Good evening to you. How are you? Are you all right? Yeah, no, I'm good. In there. Good. Not going far. 
Yeah, I can't really go far, can you, with all this going on? What a palaver. Uh, but uh, let's turn our attentions to climate change. Another important issue, I mean, we've seen uh, in the press tonight, also certainly on TV, uh, that uh, climate change and electric cars, it's all come, it's all starting to sort of uh, kick off, if you like, isn't it? It's all starting to change, all starting to come in. Uh, and this is the way forward, certainly in Hampshire. It, it certainly is. I think people have really reflected on climate change, you know, during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, they're thinking about what they do, how they move, where they go. I was going to say, do you so, think that's yeah. accelerated it, Jan? I, I really do, actually. Yeah. I, it, think, I think people are very conscious of their own carbon footprint. And I think people, yes. or many people are driving less, certainly not traveling. So, you're, you know, I think people are thinking, how can I make a difference and how easy it is to make a difference? And what's your thoughts on this in, in Hampshire? I mean, as far as we're concerned in our sort of transmission area here at the Express, Fairman Gosport, haven't Hayley Island, Emsworth, Waterlooville, you know, that sort of area. What, how, are you, how are you helping to or hoping to address this? Yeah, well, that's really interesting. So Hampshire, like many local authorities, declared a climate change emergency back in 2019. So that meant that we brought it right to the front of all our thinking and priorities and strategies. Um, and since that time, we've put in a, a really good strategy looking at everything we do in Hampshire County Council and then also what goes on in Hampshire. So it's not just what the county council does itself, but it's, it's about transport, it's about the way people live, it's people's houses, it's about the economy. So climate change affects us all. Um, and Hampshire being a large authority, as you know, can influence um, what people do and, and how they work. And are we going to see sort of now, um, another starting it here in Portsmouth, but electric points and things like that, is that now going to be a push for something for, for cars? Yeah, so so definitely. There's, there's quite a few projects that we've, we've put a lot of thought into to help residents. So electric vehicle charging is certainly one of those things to make it easier for people to be able to charge. And if you think about it, not everybody's got their own driveway, not everybody's got an electric car, but charging if you're, if you're parked on the street is, is a challenge, and that, that is a challenge for us to come up with a safe solution for that sort of thing. But also what people can, can do in their homes. So, so what we've launched recently is um, a solar panel project, um, and it's like a reverse auction, if you like. So we've commissioned um, a company to, to go out there and get the best price at, at good quality so that people in Hampshire, which we hope will be about 120,000 homes, will be able to get good value um, solar panels for their roofs. So that's one project. We've got a helpline so for people who don't know how best they can uh, save energy and reduce their carbon footprint. So we've, we've funded a helpline as well as well as sort of community energy and something called a greening campaign. So I, I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I don't think I have, no. So I'm just sitting here thinking, have I heard of that? No, I haven't. <laughs> so the greening campaign is something that started in Petersfield. It was started up by a lady called Karina Plowright. And, and she encouraged local communities to try and make just a few changes so they might turn their thermostat down on their heating or they might do their washing at 30 degrees rather than 40 degrees or they might commit to taking public transport rather than the car once a week. So small changes that are sort of fairly easy to do that can make, if we all made those small changes, they would globally 
add up to a significant reduction in, in our carbon footprint. So that's the greening campaign. So, so parishes, communities, villages, streets are being encouraged to sign up to that, put the greening campaign sticker in your window and say, yep, I've chosen two or three things that I'm happy to do that are relatively simple for me to do that will make an, an overall positive contribution. And that's the thing, isn't it? So everyone can jump on board on this. Uh, and I think people are now starting, as, you, as we said earlier, with, with the pandemic, it's accelerated it a little bit, I think, now. Uh, and realisations are starting to, to come into all this, isn't it? With government targets that we're going back to electric cars again, you know, uh, to be really in place by 2030. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's an interesting one. But not everybody can afford an electric car. So, no. so again, it has to be public transport has to be good and, and easy to get hold of and cheap. And, you know, that is a big challenge cause, because all of this is expensive. So, so Hampshire recently got a grant for just under 13 million, which is a huge amount of money from the government to put solar panels and double glazing, believe it or not, on 350 of our schools, which is fantastic. But that gives you an idea of the cost wow. of making these interventions. It's not, it's not a cheap thing. So, so we're very much aligned. So the government has set this 2050 carbon neutrality target, and Hampshire has very much aligned with that because because we have to be aligned. We have to be realistic to be aligned yeah. with government strategy and government funding. And of course, it's not just that because we've got to think about um, flood prevention in some areas too. I'm, I'm thinking more Gosport, perhaps Fairham Hill Head, that sort of area. Exactly, and and that that is a huge. Mm. So it's not just about sort of being carbon neutral, it's being resilient because yes. we, we know, well, we're seeing climate change at the moment, aren't we? It's, it's milder and it's wetter, stormy weather. So our infrastructure can't necessarily cope. So it's about being resilient to something like a two degree change in, in the global temperature and what that means for Hampshire. So you're right, it's coastal flooding and it's, it's groundwater, it's torrential downpours sort of further inland and, and places like Winchester, you know, had tidal waves coming down the, down the road in, in August. So it's, it's being resilient to that change as well. Yes, I mean, I mean Winchester had bad floods, didn't it? At, uh, was it Christmas time, I think, wasn't it? No, it was August, believe it or not. So I remember standing there in my flip-flops watching yeah. a, a tidal wave coming down the wow. high street, which, it, it, you know, it had been, as you know, a very hot, dry summer, and then suddenly we had this sort of unexpected rain. Yes. So it, it's something we don't normally see, much milder winters, but much wetter, you know, and it's affecting crops, it's affecting things like ash dieback with fungal infection. So, it, so there's, there's a whole load of changes which we have to be prepared to deal with. Yeah. So we can all do our bit really towards this, can't we? Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's where the greening campaign, because, you know, yeah. when you say the word climate change or the words climate change emergency, what you don't want to do is panic. So no. what, what we all need to do is say, you know, what, what small things can I do that are reasonable and acceptable that I can do to, that will add up to that sort of global sort of contribution yes. if you like yeah and of course local transport is going to be another key thing isn't it because encouraging people to use public transport i mean not at the moment obviously with all this going on but once this is sort of alleviated if you like um people will be looking to to public transport uh, uh, we need to make that green the bus companies are trying to do their bit aren't they they're, they are they're getting they're making there. a lot of changes they are and actually hampshire if if listeners are interested hampshire are now consulting on their local transport plan for the next 10, 20 years. So that's really important to, to, to think to the future and how you would want public transport to look. Um, you know, we're a quite a rural 
county. So, so that is always a challenge. We're not like in a city of London where ch- transport is plentiful and very cheap. So, so our challenges are quite different, but, but equally important. Uh, and that's it, because obviously, you know, it needs to be sort of, um, I think people are very wary of cost, aren't they? It needs to be cheap. Yeah, and, and that is, you know, we were talking how do we make public transport affordable for yes. families, you know, because because often it's easier or cheaper to get in the, the car than it is to all of you get on a bus or something. So so that is a challenge for us, and, mm. and how we do that, I don't know, but that's why that consultation is so important, because we want to hear people's ideas and views, and there's nothing worse than seeing an empty bus going down the road, because that, that feels such a waste. Well, that's it, isn't it? Uh, and I know I was talking to your colleague, Councillor uh, Rob Humby, uh, a few weeks ago uh, about this and um, just throwing something out there. <laughs> I wasn't trying yeah. to catch Rob out at all. <laughs> but I mean, we should think about things like trams and would he take that a bit more seriously? I know they're costly, but is this something yeah. perhaps, you know, for the future? In yeah, all seriousness? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I, you know, I suspect people talk about electric vehicles, yes. but I suspect we'll move on from that. You know, people talk about hydrogen now, so it's it's very hard to plan, isn't it, without knowing what's coming next. But but one thing for sure is technology is certainly helping. And if you think the pandemic, the one thing for me and I suspect for you is things like Zoom meetings. You now don't have to necessarily travel all the way up to London for a meeting when you, you can sit at home and participate almost as well, which, which is just really, really positive, I think. It's certainly changed things, hasn't it? It made us sort of, uh, I guess, look at things differently, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, opened our eyes up a bit. So when's all this, I mean, you've obviously discussed this now, so when can we see things starting to happen? I think that's the most key thing here, Jan. Yeah, well, we've gone live now. So having, I said, you know, in 2019, we declared that emergency. Within a year, we had our strategy, which sounds very boring, but it's actually very important. So Mm. you have to have a a very decent (laughs) plan that you can stick to, that you can afford and, and you can measure. So... What sits beneath that strategy is a really detailed action plan. So everything the county council does, we look at now in terms of carbon accounting. So any decision we make, we know if it's a good one or not such a good one and that we would have to adjust. So if people are interested, go to the Hampshire County Council website and type in the words climate change. We've got a fantastic sort of mini website that sits within that. So there's a whole lot of guidance on what you can do, what our partners can do, you know, whether that's industry or, or our sort of partners um, with utility companies and, and what we are doing as a, as a county council for ourselves. So there's a whole load of information there. Well, it all sounds uh, interesting. Uh, and I think, you know, as time goes on, it's going to be, become more of the norm, isn't it? And uh, we'll be having further discussions about this, I'm, I'm quite sure. A subject is not going to go away anytime soon. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's very positive and it, it's it very exciting as well. And I think, uh, if it's right in saying it, we've come a long way, perhaps in the last 10 years now on this. Yeah, and I think that's that's what we're saying. You know, with technology, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to have a Zoom call without mm-hmm. decent Wi-Fi. And de- so, so all of that has changed so much and so quickly. It, uh, it, it's all good. We could have done it on dial-up, could we? 
<laughs> Not a hope in hell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we remember those days fondly, fondly. But uh, but uh, Jan, thanks for coming tonight and explain to us about it. And um, it, it's it, yeah, it's something to be aware of certainly and get involved with. Uh, and uh, thank you're for, very welcome for uh, you're making very that welcome. point. Jan, good to talk to you. Look after yourself. Stay safe. We'll talk Thank soon. You. Nice to come back to you. Thank you so much. All right, lovely. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Councillor John Warwick there from Hampshire County Council on that climate change. And if you want to find out more about it, uh, you can go to their website, uh, hans.gov.uk forward slash climate change progress, and you can watch a little video there and all the information you need to know about it. That's better. I'm just moving things as I'm talking. Multitasking, who would have thought? Uh, and we're talking uh, saving Alston Library now, of course, which is uh, a library is an integral part of the local community. This one certainly is in Gosport. That's Alston Library, as I say. Uh, to discuss more about that, the chairman of saving the actual library itself, Alston Library in the town, uh, it's Jan Orman. She's on the line now. Jan, good evening to you. Hello, good evening. How are you? Are you all right? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Good. You were, well. you were expecting my call, Jan, weren't you? I was. Was I? Yes, OK. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> yes, but I didn't know when. Uh, uh, I thought they yes, told I you. Was. Yeah, bless you. Anyway, Jan, well, thanks for coming on tonight. And I do appreciate it. And I'm going to chat about this because, I mean, I, um, well, I grew up in Elson. Uh, so I know exactly where you're talking about there, the bottom of uh, Chantry Road at Elson in Gospel, uh, which has always been there, as far as I remember. Uh, and um, quite shocked, actually, to see it uh, earmarked for closure. I guess you were, too. Uh, I was more than shocked. I was really quite angry because I feel it's an integral part of the community. It's a library that's really, really well used and has been for quite a long time. It's been around a long time. Um, and it, last year we had about... Um, we, have, we have about 38,000 visits each year and we put out about 26,000 books and magazines which are issued. It's a, it's a re, it's more than a library. It's a place where people can go and we have groups, we had groups that use it. And it's a place that's important that we, if I don't fight to keep it open, who, who will, you know? So I actually met somebody in the street and uh, we sort of stood and talked about it and we said, let's do something about it. So off it went, off, that's where, that's where we are. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's what inspired you. It inspired me because I'm a great book lover. I love books. I run a book club from a book group from the library, and I have done since my husband and I moved here 16 years ago. And the first thing I said to him was, oh, thank God for that. There's a library around the corner. And it also means that you don't have to travel down into Gosport. Not everybody's got the facilities to be able to go down into Gosport Mm. or wants to. So, you know, that's why that's why I fought to keep it going. Yeah. And, I mean, this is a great idea, really, because uh, I mean, it's not just Alston, is it? There's Leon Stone, too, who's had exactly the same idea. I think there's uh-huh. another one in Haven't, if I've ever called. Somebody might correct me. Um, but, uh, I mean, these are integral parts of the local community, as you say, uh, and do all sorts of book clubs, as you've just mentioned there, but uh, things for kids, too. Say that again, the last bit. I hope and, and things for kids as well. Oh, yeah, things for kids. It's going to be for everybody. It's not just for old people. It's for all ages. It's we're going to do. A, hopefully we're going to run a Saturday morning children's group uh, club. And um, because we think that parents, especially with the pandemic, where the kids are indoors with their parents all the time. Once we're open, we're hoping to run a Saturday morning children's club where they can come, be left, 
and be and be looked after and we will it's for all it's for all ages yeah old young you name the, you name the age we're, we're going to cover you. you yeah well i mean it's quite a big library inside actually if i if i remember rightly uh yeah and is it going to be um something along the lines of the discovery center which i know is highly you know uh popular uh, in the town is it, it- it's not well, the, the Discovery Centre, I love the Discovery Centre, but I prefer Elton Library. It's not going to be just a library. It's going to be a community hub. We've got about eight or nine groups that will be holding group sessions there. We're going to have speakers. We're going to have music sessions. Um, let me think what else we're going to have. We have all sorts. Um, it's going to have a coffee shop where people can just come, have a cup of coffee, have a chat meet their friends, and also we're hope- I'm also encouraging people from all sorts of um, people with me- If somebody's got some mental health issues, especially up with the pandemic being on, you know, and you just need to come and have a chat to somebody, you can do that here. That's what we're, up. That's what we're about. And what about volunteers too? Because obviously you're going to need a few people to run this. Ask me about volunteers. I've got about, oh, 25 volunteers. Or, or- wow. All up and running, waiting to go. I've got people still saying to me, "I meet them in the street." They say, "Aren't you Jan Elman? Can we, can we, can we be a cover volunteer?" Yes, you can. You can put your name down. We're fill, filling our form, and we will be talking to you very soon. Yeah. What we're desperate to do is get into the library. So. Yes. And how long has the library been shut, Sir Jan? Well, it's shut on the 29th of December, and I only had a meeting yesterday with a tre- with uh, my. Um, treasurer and some people from Hampshire County Council. Hopefully we'll get a key. Where are we now? We're going into March, aren't we? Hopefully we'd like to be open by um, the beginning of April. It, but we, we just need to get in, get in and get sorted. We've got things that we want to do. So Yeah, a bit it, of painting. We've got decorating, we've got all sorts of things. We want to move the children's area over to another place. We want to get the coffee shop up and running. We want to, oh, we're going to also have a a room that people maybe from social services may be able to hire to do counselling work. Mm. There's all sorts of, we've got all sorts of ideas going on. I guess you're open to ideas, are you? Say that again. Are you open to ideas? I'm always open for ideas. Always. We will look at everything. Yeah, we so, will look at everything. Yeah, yeah. So if someone comes up with a with a with a thought, they can uh, pass it on to you. And um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anything. Anybody who's got any ideas? Come back to us. We'll look at it. We'll look at everything. So if you're in the um, Elston area, certainly of Gosports, want to get involved in this. How can people get you know get involved, get in touch? Um, how can they get in touch? Yeah. They can come onto the Save Elston Library website. They can. We're on Facebook. Um, we've got a website being set up. Um, it's not quite ready at the website, but we've got the website being set up. But the, you can come on to me. I, I'm at the end of the end of the phone. I'm a, I've got an email address. You can come on to me. Anybody can. Fantastic. And uh, this is such worthwhile as well, getting involved in this. And, and keeping the libraries alive, too, as you said, that, uh, there's nothing like picking up a book, is there? Actually uh, reading it instead of well, reading it off a Kindle or something like that. When Kindles first came out, I thought they were fabulous. I thought, oh, great. My husband, he was alive at the time, um, he bought me a Kindle for Christmas. I was thrilled to bits. But I've reverted back to having a book. I do love a a book to read, a book in my hand, and it's wonderful. 
absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be without them. And what's your favourite book? Oh, my. I've got so many favourite One of my all-time very, very favourite books was Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Okay, yes. But um, I read I read all the time. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm also very much into Philippa Gregory's history book. She's a wonderful, wonderful writer. Um, you could just go back in time with her, with her books. She's brilliant. Um, I've got about two, three hundred books sitting in my uh, in my um, dining room that people have donated for me for towards the library. Even though we're keeping all the books that were in oh, the you library are. before. I was going to ask that. Oh yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, we've because they've also got a reference section, haven't they? Well, they used to. Yes, we will have all sorts. We'll right. have books, books for all ages. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking local history groups will probably be interested in uh, getting in touch yes. with you. Yeah. Yes. Yes, of Fan- course. Anything like that. Fantastic. Anything. Uh, well, it sounds good stuff, uh, Jan. I mean, it's, always, it's a pleasure to, to get you on the show and have a chat about it. And again, if people do want to find that more information uh, about coming on board to uh, Saving Alison Library, they can, they can just get in touch with via Facebook or uh, eventually on the website. I'm on Facebook, but also on Save Alison Library, um, or they can come to me on, on my email address, which is jan at janelman.co.uk. Lovely stuff. Jan, it's a pleasure to talk to you. We'll keep in touch. Is that all right? And uh, perhaps okay, we can come back to you uh, in future. Weeks, bless you. But uh, for now, yeah. well done. All right, keep up good work. Talk soon. Lovely to Thank talk you. with you. Take care, Jan. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye, lovely. Bye. Uh, Jan and there, saving the Alston Library in Gosports and the chairman there. If you will find out more information about that, as Jan said, find them on Facebook. You'll find all the details you need to know and get involved in that local community project. <laughs> back with seven seconds to spare <laughs> oh we had a team of people here yeah it's just me <laughs> oh dear get my breath back there oh dear Anyway, welcome to it. Ten past eight, the time here at Express this week. Thanks to your company, by the way. Great to have you along from now on to nine tonight, as always. We do this on a Thursday and Sunday night um, from 7 to 9 o'clock. Just look back to what's been going on locally uh, across the area from the last Sunday. It's a story which is certainly making the headlines. Same-sex fostering uh, here in Portsmouth and South East Hampshire. Uh, talk about the opportunities. Jem Orman is on the line now from Five Rivers. Jem, good evening to you. Good evening. Hi. All right. Yeah, very well, thank you. Is that run up the stairs, Jim? I tell you what. That <laughs> <laughs> one bad seven seconds to spare, either. Wow, thank you, Rita, for keep singing there, love. But um, yeah, turn our attention to um, same-sex fostering. Now, I mean, uh, well, tell us first of all um, because Portsmouth is uh, well, it's more than fifty people taking this up. Is that right? Fifty percent of people. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a real um, shortage of foster carers in the Portsmouth and the South Hampshire area, mm. um, and this, we, we estimate that um, the, the need for foster placements has gone up um, 57% uh, since the pandemic started. So we're really reaching out to the LGBT plus community to see if uh, um, you know there may be people out there that fostering could be a, a good career choice for them. Yeah, because it, obviously it's going to be full-time, so it's something there to uh, bear in mind. Uh, I mean, why do you think that is perhaps the, the, the slow uptake? Is it because of you know what people might think of, of them doing it? Is that still you know, an issue? It is, yeah. I think there's, there's lots of sort of misconceptions really about um, why people can't foster. 
Um, and certainly, we, you know, we, we try to recruit foster carers from all areas of the community. Um, and obviously, you know, sexual orientation isn't, isn't a, um, a reason for people not to consider fostering. Um, people can be in, in a, a same-sex relationship. They can be single. Um, they can you know, have their own house. They can rent a house. It's just lots of lots of misconceptions, really. So we kind of um, urge people to get in touch with us and, and give us a call and, and uh, have a chat with us if it's something they think they might be interested in. Yeah. Tell us about Five Rivers. So where, where does all that come into to actually do this? Where do you come into it? So basically, we're a, um, a fostering agency. We've we're, we're um, we've been around for over thirty years. So we've got a really good reputation with um, local authority, our local authorities, and our, our partner agencies. Um, and basically, our role is to uh, train, recruit, and assess people to um, become foster carers and provide loving care and homes for some of the most vulnerable children in our community. Okay. So, I mean, it's getting the message out there, really, isn't it? And getting people on board with this uh, and encouraging them uh, to consider this, um, you know, uh, and not to be, not worry about what people say, I think is the key message here. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's one thing if you, if you want to find out more about it, the best thing really is to give us a call um, or look on our website, which is 5-rivers.org. Um, it's five the word, not the, not the number. Um, and one of our um, staff can talk to you about any any questions you might have or any misconceptions you might have. Um, and we do find that lots of people who have doubts that they're probably not the right type of person, they're mm. quite surprised really when we you know, we talk to them about the, the, the role of the foster carer. And we're really looking for people from across the community who've got great life experience. Yeah, that's, that's key, isn't it, uh, to, to all this? Uh, and... Uh, I mean, full training is given anyway, isn't it? It is, yeah. Full training. Um, you have your own social worker who looks after you. Um, great support team. Uh, lots of other foster carers who we all get together and have kind of social events and we have support groups. So there's a real um, sort of embracing culture within within the organisation. Um, so, you know, we, it isn't a case of we just place children with you and leave, leave you to it. There's lots of support. Um, lots of engagement, um, and it's really important that we, you know, there's a, a real great positive team. Um, we're, we're an outstanding graded uh, agency with Ofsted, so, um, you know, if, if you're interested, then please give us a call, get in touch with us, look at our website. Um, you know, we'd really be pleased to hear from you. And I guess we're talking fostering all ages, really, are we? Absolutely, yeah. It really is a, a complete range from um, babies and, and parent and children that need a home for a short period of time, right through to um, you know older teenagers. It really is a, a, a quite a massive range, really, of, of types of or sorry, ages of children, sibling groups. We really do get lots of requests, and you know, I think currently with with the pandemic and. Um, those additional pressures. We are seeing more children being referred to us really? uh, for foster placements. Yeah, quite quite an increase. Uh, is, that, um, is it quite a problem in this area? Perhaps in, uh, compared yeah, to other parts of Hampshire, I'm thinking, yeah? Um, yeah well, I think it's it's quite generic, really, in terms of, 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 of Hampshire, but certainly mm. we have seen an increase um, in, in Portsmouth and Southampton for, um, you know, for placements for children over the pandemic. And um, 
and we do think that's likely to continue to to grow. Uh, I guess that may, as we start to to come out of all this uh, pandemic and certainly lockdown, it may flag up other issues, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, lots of children haven't had the same type of um, kind of engagement with schools, etc. Um, mm. So we are thinking that once children go, you know, go back to school, there may be other sort of concerns raised and the experience they've had during lockdown. So um, we do, you know, we are we we are really reaching out to people across the community to um, you know to get in touch with us, and you know, we're really interested in, in um, this hearing from LGBT plus um applicants um also i mean if you if you if you follow our social media channels on facebook and twitter there's quite a few case studies of um lgbt couples who already foster for us and you can read their their, their kind of stories and it's hopefully that would also be a really good uh thing for people to read to get a bit more of an idea of how how the process works yeah fantastic now if people are listening tonight want to get involved in this and find out more about it how can they do that how can they go about it so, yeah, like I said before, um, you know, have a look on our, on our website, which is www.5-rivers.org, or alternatively, you can give us our inquiry team a call on 0345 um, You can book a call through that through the website so people can call you back at a time when it's convenient for you or drop us an email. You know, we, we are really... Um, open to you know working around you so you can um book a call have a chat with us we can contact you when it's convenient um or you know like i say take a take a website or um follow us on all our social media channels it can be very rewarding can't it that's the important thing to say here absolutely it's just you know it really is i think it's quite um indicative that we you know we we are an agency that I've got a great reputation and the experience of really helping carers to turn children's lives around. That's what we're doing. You know, we're, we're working with children who are vulnerable and we're making a real difference for their, their sort of life opportunities going forward. Fantastic. Well, look, good luck with this. Uh, and hopefully people will uh, want to get involved and jump on board on this and certainly support this. Uh, but, um, but Jim, it's a good idea. Thanks, Ken, on tonight, talking about it, raising awareness and uh, pushing that message out there to people and uh, to jump on board. Perhaps we can come back to in future weeks, Jim, uh, if we may, uh, and chat some more. Of course, but uh, yeah, bless you. All right, you look after yourself. Stay safe, mate. Thank and you, uh, thanks for coming on. Cheers, Jim. Bye bye now. Jim Orman there from uh, Five Rivers. If you want to find out, as Jim said, more about it, of course, you can. You can do that by uh, searching Five Rivers, child care and all the information and uh, any sort of misconceptions you've got about it are all on the website. You can find out more info there. Chris Day is the it's, uh, engagement, I want to say senior, but he's the engagement officer uh, for the Office of National Statistics. Chris, good evening to you. Good evening, Chris. How are you? All right. How's yourself? I'm very good indeed, thanks. Very good indeed. Good stuff, good stuff. I didn't realise that... I mean, funny enough, I said on air last week, I've heard nothing about census till I saw something come through, I think, a press release via... I think it was Haven't Borough Council, and I thought, oh, census? Yep. Really? Uh, and here we are. Now, it's all over the place. <laughs> 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 uh, on uh, TV and radio and, and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the um, I want to say the annual, but it's not. You know, it's the every 10 years census that we do, of course, yep. which actually shapes what government do, really, isn't it? That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. I mean, the, the interesting thing, Chris, was that it first started officially in 1801, um, and back then, they wanted to know basically how many men they had in the uh, in England at the time to to fight the Napoleonic Wars, which were coming on us, as you can imagine. Um, 
but the, the main reason why it's 10 years is because it takes quite a time, up to 12 months, to actually get the information in and, and work out what it's telling telling us. And then from them, all the investments that they want to make into the infrastructure, the communities, the charities, the health, etc. Obviously, to put that in place, plan it, get the capital, put it into action, takes anything between five and ten years, um, by which time they then need to know what population and what age and what health we all are, and they start all over again. So you're spot on. It, it is every ten years yeah. around, yes. Fantastic. Mm. I, 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 do you get a chance to look back at previous census to, just to get an idea what you think, oh, this is probably where we're going to go for the next one? <clears throat> yeah, I mean... It, it's fascinating. I mean, the, the, the fascinating thing about fun about this role is that we, we're supplied with lots of historical points about the census. So, for example, when uh, the UK population was asked what, what its religion was 10 years ago, something like 30,000 said, oh, they're Jedi, which, which I think is quite, quite interesting. <laughs> and uh, 7,500 said that they, their religion was heavy rock. So um, <laughs> you, you, you get lovely snippets like that. Yeah. Um, but yes, we look, we look back. I mean, as soon as this census is finished this year, they, the office immediately starts planning for the next one um, and starts putting, putting actions into place, looking at the questions. Um, and for example, this year is the first time that there's questions on, for example, the sexual uh, orientation and sort of side of, of the um, people which has never been asked before. So it, it is going to be quite interesting to see how, how those questions are answered and, and what information comes out. Yeah. Now, uh, it's going to be slightly different this year too, isn't it? It is. It is. You're, you're spot on. The, this is the first time where it is, it is online-based. So we're encouraging, coercing, hoping that as many people as possible can complete it online, whether it's you know using their iPhones, go digital or, you know, use the internet at home, um, because obviously it's much quicker and much easier for, for households to complete it in such a way. Um, and then it's much easier for the data that they supply to be put it, put into store uh, and made quicker use of. So, and, and of course, far more um, cost effective as well, which is what a good thing in these days. So yes, it's, it's digital um, and it can be completed online and everybody will have the opportunity to do so exciting times uh, yeah. how, how we've moved on uh, in 10 years who would have thought yeah how we've moved on indeed but uh, i mean every so often the census gets released doesn't it by government yes yeah so i mean the, the and i was going to say as well with the online stuff chris um we also are doing uh, obviously offering paper completion um to to everybody if they want to do it by paper and we do appreciate that probably i mean for example down here in the south which i cover you know, looking at Portsmouth, Southampton, probably only 80% max would have access to internet or digital uh, digital uh, phones, for example. So we are, we are expecting at least 20% of us to complete it via paper. So people will get the paper applications as well. So don't, don't, you know, please don't tell your listeners not to worry. If they aren't on internet, they could, they will get paper forms as before. So, um, yeah, we, 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 we do do that as well. Wow. Who's to think what's happening in the next 10 years? It's well, all going to be electronic. You know, well, you just don't know, do Exactly right, exactly right. And, and uh, you know, going, going back to your earlier question, I mean, I mean, the interesting thing about this is that as, as people move on, you could see the shifts of population and the shifts of, um, obviously, shifts of age groups, but also the shifts of health as well, which is, which is fascinating to, 
you know, there's a lot of questions on, on people's health and well-being because they want to see literally how well or how bad, Chris, the population is feeling um, compared to 10 years ago. Yeah, particularly now with all this going on, who you know, we wouldn't have planned for this, would we? Certainly. No. You know, uh, I mean, it's very difficult, isn't it, to, to, to try and sort of do a scenario, I suppose, on situations like this through something like the census. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, we, we took a long, hard look at whether we would postpone it. Uh, Scotland are doing theirs later in the year, but we're still proceeding with England and Wales. But the issue is that if, you, if you've got everything geared up and this is, I mean, they did a test run over two years ago. You know, we've got all the documents waiting to come out, and I'll, I'll explain the process later on. So just to, it's like, almost like trying to stop an oil tanker in mid-ocean. You can't just stop it and say, hold on, you know, tread water for six months, we'll start again. Yeah. It's a big, big thing in, in play. Um, and hence why we've had to plan extensively uh, around COVID and, and potentially, you know, there being a lockdown in April when we might actually be engaging, you know, in the streets with, with people uh, to get them to complete the forms. Yeah, yeah. Now, is it a legal requirement to do this, to, to complete this? It is, yes. <clears throat> Absolutely right. It is, it is a legal requirement. It is in a statute of law. The one thing is, Chris, is that even though legally we have to complete the document, on this decade's form, there are questions which are obligatory rather than compulsory. So even though they ask you questions about, for example, um, you know, uh, where you were born, what your sex was when you were born, and these types of questions, there will be a section where it's, it's, it's a nice to answer rather than you have to answer. So uh, people don't have to feel pressurized into giving information away that they, they, they're not happy about. Okay. Yeah. So you get into nice sort of fluffy questions along the way, as we call them, pink and fluffy questions. Well, I, I think that, I think the fluffy ones are, for example, they're now asking questions um, about are you a carer, for example, okay. because they realised in the last um, census mm. that there were tens of thousands of carers around the country, unpaid, you know, all caring for relations and, and friends and whatever doing it you know for free as it were mm. uh, and obviously these people when they, it's an important role and and role they'd probably need help in so it needs nice to be recognized isn't it yeah well, I, th- I think it's excellent because if you the great thing is if they now find that there are for example i know in, in just in the greater southampton area there's there's three four thousand carers there uh, you know if you know there's that many you can then shape your social services and your support you know whether it's health or doctor or, or hospital or whatever around the fact that you know there's x thousand more carers in that city than there were 10 20 years ago so yeah vital yeah and i, I bet it's fascinating to sort of look back on previous ones we sort of touched on it a bit earlier but to, yeah. to, just to get the sort of gist of how things were to to, to where we are now yeah yeah i mean i mean it, it is fascinating i mean and the the lovely thing is i mean the data taken about each of us, you, Chris, me, Chris, we, the data taken is, is anomalized. So you can never place specific information about somebody against their name. That is, that is removed. So there's no chance of anybody, any big brother or government or anybody you know, using it in that respect. But what happens is in 100 years' time, the information is released. Mm-hmm. And so every 10 years, they release the information. And if you go onto things like Ancestry.com and some of those other, um, shall we say, um, uh, what do you call it, um, 
internet bases where you can find your family history. Yes. Most of that, if you look on it, will actually come from the ONS releasing census da- data every hundred years. Um, you know, and so you can say, well, Charles Dickens used, Dickens used to live in Portsmouth, and you know, in 1851 there were you know 500 female midwives and only one male midwife in the whole or whole of Hampshire. You know, things like this come out, um, and, and and the different jobs people had, like rat catchers and stuff like that, which were down on the censuses in the. Um, 19th 20th century you know so uh, yeah it, it all helps to sort of shape history doesn't it to, yeah you know, yeah which is uh which we hear a lot about you know, some of the stuff that we've covered on this show for local historians also use uh, census to to trace as you say family trees and things like that so yeah. uh, which yeah. we see a lot of i guess and yeah. uh, i guess you have a lot, a lot of calls for it since these um tv shows have been on well this is it. I mean, more and more people seem to be more and more interested in in, in family history um and i think as 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 a, you know, what it does show is you know, how people are moving around now. You know, you, you find that you have got X percent of your population who either move from another country or another region or, or another area. Um, and that comes out, whereas, of course, I guess 150 years ago, your and my great-great-grandparents would sort of grow up in the town or the city, marry someone from the city and, you know, live, live there. Yeah. So people are looking back now trying to trace you know, what great-grandfather was doing up in the north um, before getting married and moving south type thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because we probably move around much more now than we did 100 years ago as well. Yes. Yeah, so That's absolutely. I mean, you know, there's, there's, I think, well, pre-COVID, I think 25 million people go abroad each year from England, don't they? Yes. So, yeah, so know. it puts yeah. it into perspective a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So the census, I mean... It, I mean, from where it starts, I mean, once this is over, um, that's it, then you start playing the next one. Now, Census Day itself is on um, March 21st. What do you mean by Census Day? So, Census Day is, um, and I'm sorry, Chris, I'm not sure how old you are, but I don't know if you remember filling in the form for your household 10 years ago. Um, What it is, it's the day that they set that you fill in the form and say, on that night, the night of Sunday, March 21st, I had four of my family living here and I had one visitor staying here and, and it's set on that night. So they, that right. particular night, you can pick up whoever is living in a certain place. So that and that's, it's a snapshot of that particular day as well. Absolutely. You feel, right, gotcha. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and where, what makes our jobs, for me personally, more interesting is things such as not only picking up uh, people who might be homeless or you know, street sleepers or, or people who are, who are in hostels, it's all those people have to be counted for as well. You know, you have to find, you know, travellers, uh, Romani, all all these groups have to be accounted for because they're all part of the requirements and social services and funding for the, for the country. Yes. Um, and then the interesting thing now is, you know, people ring up and say, oh, Christopher, there's um, 250 staff on board the cruise ships um, outside Weymouth at the moment. Who's going to ca- count them? And you're like, oh, that's a good question. Yeah. So, so, so do you go out? Yeah. <laughs> do yeah, you? They will be. Oh, yeah. I, I don't personally wow. have a... No, not yourself. You know, of course, I quite like that. I thought, yeah, I'll get on the boat and sort of hop, <laughs> hop around all the cruise liners. You know, wow, okay. Yeah, so yeah. you actually physically go out, same to the homeless, same yeah, to the gypsies or yep. whatever, yeah? Yep. Yeah. Wow. All, all have to be counted, every single one. Um, you know, we're aiming for at least, you know, 95% completion because cause we, need, we, we need to know because all, all yes. of these different groups, different pieces of society, 
you know, international students, they might only be here for six months or a year, but they will need to use our, our, our facilities. We need to know what buses they need. We need to know what doctors they need. We need to know, you know if they get into trouble, what hospitals they can go to. All this requires funding. And this is the way we can sit there and say, right, this is where we need to build the hospital or this is where we need to build the next next primary school. Um, because, you know, you've got, you've got 25,000 more people living in Portsmouth who do the following, bop, 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 you know. Wow, it's fast that I didn't realise that. Didn't realise that at all. But mm. it just goes to show how much is involved, and obviously uh, the amount of work that goes behind it. And certainly, um, some poor people will be working on a Sunday who don't normally. Work. Oh, that's right. We, <laughs> we, we, you're spot on. We pick up people in hospitals. Yeah, you know, sure um, doing nights there. Yeah, hospital staff, um, staff who are living in at the hospital. Um, yes, and of course, some of the nurses and doctors who, especially. If we've taken them from overseas and they're they're living and studying in the hospital, they they're all counted, every single one. So um, yes, we have to make sure we, we we have to make sure we tick everyone off. Um, so so going back to your question, twenty first of March is the day, and then we have a team who literally twenty second of March onwards will be trying to pick up any anybody we've missed, any groups who might have filled it in late, or encouraging those who perhaps didn't understand it to how to sort of complete it and make yeah. sure they're not concerned about it. So, uh, it, yeah, it isn't just a, right, that's it, 21st. It's, there's another month or more where we ask people to complete and um, try and get in as many con- completed documents as possible. The more, the more the better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fascinating, too, uh, yeah. uh, along the way as well. And this, uh, we've basically got to watch out for something popping through the letterbox the next week or so, yeah, I take it. Yeah, in fact, it's, this is perfect timing, Chris, because... On Monday, so all through next week, you you personally and all your listeners will get a postcard to their houses just saying, you know, the census is coming, much like you and I have discussed, uh, it will be March 21st, etc., uh, etc. Et then, um, first week of March, um, every household will get a letter through. Now, this letter will explain that it's going to be, you know, via internet or, or, or paper. And if they want to complete it on the internet... Each one of us will be given a code, an individual code for every single household. So you might get something through which says, Chris Portsmouth 123. When you go online, put that code in and you'll have your own questionnaire on your screen or on your phone to complete. Um, And you get that letter through first week of March. A couple of weeks later, another letter comes through with some other information giving you uh, places to call or if you've got issues or you're not sure about something, a call center 24-7 or, or, or 8 to 8 for you to ring. Or if you've lost your form, a call center to call to order another form. And numbers and online things to help, whether you're um, suffering from partial hearing, partial sight, learning difficulties, all these things are covered so that we're encouraging people they can go online and they can get assistance in foreign languages either online or through these service centres as well. Fantastic. So don't be afraid of it. Exactly. It should be all fairly self-explanatory when it pops through the door uh, and uh, any questions, all the details are on there. So, you know... If there's yep. any issues with it, and, and uh, help will be provided. Chris, it's lovely talking to you. We've run yeah. out of time. It's been brilliant. Um, and perhaps we can come back to you again, because it's it's, a, it's an interesting subject in a, in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it just goes to show you how much is involved in 
you know, in doing this and, yeah. uh, you know, what what is involved too. It's quite yeah. a mammoth task. The more task. you dig into it, the, the, the bigger it becomes. It's, yeah. It's, you're, you're, you're spot on. It's, it's, it's a fascinating subject to, and, and very enjoyable to work in. I bet I've it is. Learned, I've learned so much about Portsmouth, Southampton, Hampshire. Yeah. Um, even though I've been living here for 30 years, I have learned <laughs> so much in the last six months that I just didn't know. No. You know? So you would have thought. <laughs> well, I keep saying that when I go to these I, I never knew they did that. I never knew they lived here. I never knew we had this group of people living here. It's, <laughs> it's, and it is, it is, you just unearth stuff. A bit like when we do this show, you unearth people. Yeah. You know, you think, well, <laughs> I didn't know you existed. Well, we've yeah, been in no, donkey's years. You're, you're, you're right. I mean, yeah. the, the, you know, the, 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 the numbers of different communities, populations, religions, um, and, and also, in, in a lot of cases, how closely they all work with each other. You know, yeah. you just, I just didn't know. It, I, every day I think, gosh, I never knew that. See, you know, it, 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 it's brilliant. It's Very one big good. jigsaw puzzle, Chris. That's what that is. <laughs> Huge one. putting the pieces together. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, brilliant stuff. Chris, look, it's been lovely talking to you. I'm sorry we ran out of time, but no, uh, no, Census you. Day, 21st of March. Don't worry about it. Any queries, you, Chris, you know where I am. Bless you. Chris, <laughs> we'll be knocking your door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Day, it's a pleasure, sir. All right, keep in touch. Thank lovely you. to talk Thank to you. Take care, mate. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Chris Day there, uh, engagement officer for the ONS. That's the Office of National Statistics. Uh, census Day being 21st of March. Keep an eye on, on your letterbox, because it could be through your door very soon indeed. And hi to Maureen in Waterloo. Let's give Maureen a quick shout-out there. Uh, she was telling me, uh, in fact, when we were talking about Alison Lyby a little bit earlier, she doesn't really remember it. She was in that part of the world back in 1972. Oh, look, as old as me, Maureen. Look at that, eh? Was it me nappies and you wanting man gospel? <laughs> oh dear. Uh, 13 minutes away from nine. Back to the week's news and views. And uh, we're talking Brendan Care, a, a, a club, uh, if you like, uh, throughout Hampshire, particularly in gospel that I know of. Let's talk more to Sam Agnew, uh, who's head of community service at Brendan Care. Sam, good evening to you. Good evening, Chris. How are you, Ide? Yes, I'm very well, Good thanks. Stuff. Thanks for having me on. A pleasure, yeah. So is it just gospel you've got, Brendan Care? Or, or there's a few, not all over the Hampshire, but certainly yeah, in this area. Actually, yeah, there's quite a lot. We've got um, nearly 100 clubs wow. in uh, non-COVID times across Hampshire and Dorset, but gospel's by far our, our sort of biggest hub. We've got about 17 clubs in gospel, but we've got Fairham, Stubbington, Portsmouth as well, you know, that kind of... Um, coverage in the southeast yeah so it's a big thing isn't it and, and i guess you know people are probably not too au fait of what you actually do as an organization mm. yeah um so people might know us as a care home provider we have um 10 care homes across the south of england but actually what people don't realize is that we we are actually a charity and we have a huge um community service that runs across hampshire and dorset as well and the main aim of those community clubs is to kind of um, help people to make connections and friendships, um, have a lot of fun uh, through all sorts of types of community club. Um, some are social, but there's a lot of singing and we have Friday night dances. There's a lot of food involved, um, some exercise clubs. So it's something for everyone, really. But the main point is for people to come along, have fun and um, make friends. So um, we've got about 1,400 people across across the community service that use us in either as members or volunteers, which is absolutely amazing. Wow, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, before we went into lockdown, there was, you know, just so many people involved in this service. 
Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and because in the previous live, Brendan Kerr was Club Hampshire. That's how I remember you from, uh, certainly in yeah. the gospel area, wasn't it? Yeah. So this yeah. is part of something which um, has been around for, for a while. Yes, and actually even before that, we uh, it was the Red Cross Clubs originally, but um, uh, over yes. the years they've sort of morphed and Brendan Care now it, it comes under the, the umbrella and, uh, of, the, of the Brendan Care Foundation and they very kindly support that community service. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and it's great stuff that you do as well, helping so many people. Uh, and I yeah. guess during these times, it's been fairly difficult to, to try and keep things going with momentum and, uh, and with the pandemic as well. It's, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge, but I have to say it's been absolutely amazing to see the response of the staff and the volunteers um, across the service uh, in those first few weeks where we had to make that decision to close every single one of those clubs and phone all those people. Um, but we decided right from right from those first few days that we, our main aim was to stay in touch with everybody to prevent people getting isolated. Um, and, and as it's sort of shown, it's, it's more important than ever. So we've got um, we've got regular telephone contacts happening. Volunteers are phoning people in their communities, people that they'd normally see at their clubs. Um, we're doing that for about 900 people at the moment. There's emergency parcel drops, um, loads and loads of communications going on. Uh, we've had some great examples of people um, getting digitally connected, even people that have never used um, uh, IT before. We've been loaning out devices, doing some coaching. Uh, we we had a great story of a chap in one of our clubs in Haven who's never used um, a computer before. And uh, he was absolutely overjoyed when our, our patron, Her Royal Highness, the Countess of Wessex, joined him and the others for the club on, on a virtual club for her birthday. So, you know, the, the stories that are coming through are absolutely incredible of what's been going on. So lots to be going on behind the scenes that probably oh, we don't yeah. know about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, lots of people staying in touch with each other, but obviously the staff are working really hard to get ready to reopen the service. Yeah, yeah. And it's challenging because of, you know, everyone sort of having to social distance anyway, uh, and a lot of stuff going online as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that doesn't suit everyone. So, no. so we're really, really conscious that we're reaching people in the ways that they want to be reached. Um, and that might mean people learning new skills and, and, and coming online for our virtual clubs. And we've got some really cracking virtual clubs that are, uh, are, are going at the moment. They're quite fun. They can be quite boisterous, but they're quite fun. Um, <laughs> Do they get rowdy? <laughs> they can be. They? Have you ever been to a Brendan Care Club? They can be a bit rough. Oh, bless them. <laughs> um, so yeah, oh, all, all sorts of ways of uh, people staying in touch. Um, but sometimes just a just a phone call to check in with people. Yeah. Sometimes it's what it's it's nice, isn't it? To, yeah. to just have people check out how you are. Well, that's it, and you know, make sure they're still out there. Um, and it's, it's yeah. a horrible time, particularly for the elderly. I I think, and uh, and and also being sort of if they're not au fait with computers either the internet and mm-hmm. things like that it can be a bit of a burden i guess isn't it but um they feel a bit you know closed in i think it's really hard for everybody and actually this this um current lockdown is proving mm. it's having a big impact on people physically and emotionally yeah. um but there are really simple things that we can do um to, to stay in touch with people and you know we will get to see people back yes. in the clubs there's an awful lot of work been going on behind the scenes to to make sure we get to that point um but 
yeah in the meantime it's about just supporting each other through you know it's been tough it's been tough for people and um you know it'll be nice when everybody can can see their friends again in real life because as good as virtual clubs are it's not it's not the same is it it's not is it social interaction yeah it's far better isn't it than um you know actually sort of being on the end of a computer yeah yeah (laughs) we would all rather be in a face to face yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and is there a plan you know as you come out of this i mean obviously you were talking about things getting in the department getting things ready but uh, mm-hmm. i mean is that going to be a shock perhaps for some people once we come out of the other side of all this do you think i think so so in terms of how we're approaching it um there's a lot of work going on working with venues um there's obviously a huge amount of guidance that we we are um having to sort of comply with when we do reopen so we're working with venues and making sure everything's really safe to give people that reassurance but i think you're right i think um it's going to be a big adjustment for everybody just taking those steps out back into social situations and we recognize that i think um it's part of the reason that we've tried to keep people in contact with each other because I think people's friends are going to be a really um, important source of support when people start to come back into their old um, clubs. Yes, and it's going to be having to just going back to, to how we used to do things, isn't it? It's, it's a bizarre thing, isn't it, for all of us, I think. Yes, I think it's going to be interesting to, uh, and obviously we don't know how it's going to look, but... Um, Hopefully we can get back to the point where everybody's having fun and, and seeing each other. But there there may be things that have to be slightly different. Yeah. Um, uh, but we're just we're just working out how we can do that in the in the best way possible. Fingers crossed. Sam, look, if mm. people want to find out more about uh, you know Brendan Care and the clubs in particular, how can they do that? How can they go about it? Yeah, so we we have a website, um, brendancare.org.uk, and that gives information about all the care homes, but there's also a section on there about all our community services as well. Or people can give us a call uh, on 01962 857 and talk to somebody about the clubs, and we can help you find the best one for you to come along and try. Or if you want to join us on a virtual club in the meantime, that's, that's also okay. Yeah, brace yourself because they're rowdy. <laughs> they can be, yes. Good fun. They're good fun. <laughs> <laughs> Once they all get going with a cup of tea and a size of cake, they're anyone's. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll have to come along and see. They're really, really good fun. I bet they have some <laughs> stories to tell, too. I mean, it's fascinating yeah. actually sitting with them as well, to be honest, Sam. Yeah. it's um, So, what we found actually since since we've changed the way that we are um, talking to people, we have a lot more time now talking to people and it's been fascinating. All The whole team have said how much they've got to know each uh, each of the members over the last few months yeah. um, just because they've got that extra time and the stories are coming out you and see. people are, are making those kind of, you know, people are reminiscing about things and it's been extraordinary, uh, some, of the, some of the stories um, that you hear. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. something like this, you see, out of bad normally comes good. I think this is probably yeah, one of those yeah. situations, isn't it? Yeah, it sort of really sort of brings things home to people, I think, uh, certainly. Yeah. Sam. Tough, but it's good. Yeah. It is, yeah, bless you. Well, look, uh, I'm grateful you're coming on to, and tell us about it, and, uh, and stay safe. Uh, keep up the good work that yeah. all of you do, and, um, you know, I know it's tough at the moment, but we're, we're getting there. We're getting there slowly. Hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed, um, come the autumn, we should be the other side of it all. Fingers crossed, I hopefully. Hope so. Oh, I hope so. we, that's Thanks hope for so. having us on. Thank Sam, you. Sam, it's a pleasure. You look after yourself. Thanks for coming on.
Take yeah. care. Cheers, Sam. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sam Agnew there um, from Brendan Care and uh, all those different clubs and how they can help people as well here on Express this week. Thanks to my guests, as always. We'll do it all again for you next week. Same time here, 7 soon to 9 o'clock on the Sunday and Thursday night here at Express FM 93.7, DAB and online. Thanks for tuning in. Whatever you're doing, stay safe, look after yourselves. We'll talk next week. Take care. Have a fabulous seven days. No, no, now.